On today's show, is the Clint Capella deal to the Mavericks dead? What would it take? Plus, do we want Bojan Bogdanovic on the Mavericks? It almost happened. That and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks. Now back to the Mavericks. believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show, making Locked On Maps your first listen every day, whether I'm here or not. Join the Raccoon Squad, be an everyday, or subscribe or follow for free. Just search Locked On Mavericks wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day and comment anything below. Let us know in the comment section, do the Mavericks have to get Clint Capella? For it to be a successful offseason. If you want to support the show, text us, get text alerts from us. I'm sending out Mavs rumors and all kinds of stuff straight to your phone. Subscribe to our subtext. Appreciate all of you that have already done that or part of that. I love having conversations with you guys on there, answering questions. You got to hear my whole uh, travel journey yesterday, uh, trying to get back to Dallas and all that. Click the link in the description and join me. As always, my co-host, uh, Studio 41 contributor, Mavs.com. Oh, the Weeback boy, the one more thing king. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Had overwhelming feedback that my transitions are better than yours. <laughs> I could, I just loved every bit of every minute of you like fumbling digitally to try and find the <laughs> the break bumper to come back from ads it was my favorite part of those those episodes i'm like me. scrolling scrolling i'm like all right i think this is it and then and, i hit it and then it's and like, you're like oh, narrating no, it you're like I, I know where it is I've, I've done it before nick's gonna kill me i, I know where this is <laughs> speaking what's on my mind guys oh i'm back i went and visited my family in northern northern michigan like you know close to the up uh, my grandma is 95 years old. It was for her 95th birthday and a family reunion. She grew awesome. up. She grew up in a cabin we call the place, and the place does not have electricity, so I did not have Wi-Fi. She probably remembers when Dwight started his first game for the Mavs. <laughs> she probably does. Uh, so I'm back now. Uh, I'm back for for a week, and then uh, I'll I'll go on another trip and leave you, and then leave Isaac to find the, the intro sound again. Guys, uh, we're gonna have it's gonna be a journey next. It's like week four. Together. It's like four podcasts. It's it's not like yeah. It's not like any okay. Uh, on today's show, though, we got a, a ton of. Uh, I got summer league thoughts that I want to share, so we'll do that towards the end about uh, what I thought towards the end now that, that all five summer league games have been played. I wasn't there for all of them. I was there for the first two, though. I, I don't know who would stay for the entire summer league. That just sounds... Just be honest. You were there the whole time, but Vegas just got the best of you for... <laughs> yeah, I was passed out for the last the rest three, of them. three games. Uh, we'll talk about the Boyan Bogdanovich trade that Tim Cato reported for The Athletic that seemed to be in the works that was agreed upon and that it just ended up falling through. Lots of trades, it happened. Oh. It happens like that. Uh, but we'll talk about that trade. And then Michael Scotto had a rumor the Mavericks are interested in Kelly Oubre, Derek Jones Jr. We'll talk about that. But let's start here, Isaac Harris. Ooh. Mark Stein recently reported on Clint Capella and above Clint Capella. It's this whole, is Pascal Siakam available can the Atlanta Hawks get Pascal Siakam? And on that route, if the Hawks do get Pascal Siakam, 
They're going to have to send Clint Capella or DeAndre Hunter in the deal. The Mavericks are hoping, and Mark Stein reports, you can safely presume that the Mavericks are rooting for Atlanta to win this trade race for Siakam. They're also hoping such a trade features Hawks center Clint Capella instead of DeAndre Hunter. Capella has two seasons left on his contract, $43 million, about $20 million each year. The Raptors wouldn't want Capella because they have they just re-signed Jakob Pertl for four years, $78 million. And so the door is open for the Mavericks to get Clint Capella as the third team. We've talked about this for weeks. This was kind of the the, the way that we thought it would be most more likely for them to get Clint Capella than just a straight-up trade between the two of them after, you know, talks – uh, fell apart on draft day. What are your thoughts on Clint Capella, the Mavericks getting him as a third team? Yeah, I mean, you asked the question at the beginning uh, for people to listen in the comments, like, hey, would that would you have to get Capella for it to be a successful offseason? Um, I think for the full idea of a successful offseason, yes, you, you got to get a center, an, an upgrade at center for this to be a fully successful offseason. I think they've had um, a pretty – Good offseason, pretty dang good offseason. Bring back Kyrie. You have two fun draft picks, you know, some good bargain deals in a Seth Curry, Dante Exum stuff, and, and all of that. Good maneuvering, good overall moves. Yeah. I think it's been a, a solid, good offseason. I think what would move it to great is if you walked away with Cl- Clint Capella. And if you're able to turn Tim and JaVel in the two seconds, some iteration of that for Capella and say, hey, we brought back Kyrie. Two first round draft picks, Clint Capella, you know, and and some bargain shopping too at the same time. I mean, that would that would be a great successful offseason. Then at that point, you've like checked all the boxes off, right? Like you've you've yeah. done all the things that you like set out to do. You got younger, you got more athletic, you added some shooting with Seth Curry. You have added a center. If they do, if they get Clint Capella, that was the main thing. You got younger and bigger on the wing with Grant Williams. Like you've just done so so many things in this offseason. I, I think they could. I think this the offseason will still be successful if they don't land Clint Capella. But it won't be. It'll still there'll still be a, an era of failure, right? Because I, I was going to say, you said that if they walk into the season with Dwight Powell as starting center, it'd be a failure. I'm going to go the Ted Lasso route and say that I believe that you can win games and still lose. I think you can still have a success okay. and still fail, like, in a way. And so they – we also don't know what Rashawn Holmes is. You and I have both sort of kind of couched our expectations for Rashawn Holmes, saying he, he could be better than Dwight Powell. He could come in and say, oh, man, like in training camp or even in preseason, we go, oh, he just needed a point guard. He just needed to play with Luka, and all of a sudden this guy just looks so much better – than what we thought in Sacramento, and then he be the upgrade. I still you know don't... who didn't couch their opinion about him, Mark, Mark Cuban. Cuban. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, saying that he he's going to be the most underrated addition of the offseason for for a team, and so I mean, if you're if they're saying stuff like that, then it it wasn't just a. I, I don't believe that's just a. Hey, we're just going to have this guy to never play, and it's just going to be a salary dump later. Okay, lean it, lean in here. <laughs> I don't know. Here we go. How many times have we done this with Mark Cuban? He always I mean, tells the truth, Nick. I mean, before before Nico Harrison said. People forget about Frank. Didn't Mark mm. Cuban say people forget about Frank? Like, wasn't he the first one that said that? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But I, my, I'm my just, point is. I'm just Nico, saying. I'm, Nico, I'm, I'm not going to drink in all the propaganda, Isaac. I'll drink in some of it. I, I You can't get me to, to fall for all of it. 
it is such a unique pairing of the you know or combination of those three guys that Mark Stein talked about really well in his uh, radio show uh, this past Saturday of just if this is who Dallas takes into the the tra- you know their training camp of the season you have the rookie lottery pick you have the mainstay like safe guy who's been around forever yes. that all the fans love in Dwight Powell and then you have this Rashawn Holmes guy that was decent a few years ago but hasn't really played in a couple years and you're like, it's kind of, you don't know really what he is right now. What a unique combination. So if you tell me like right now, like who starts at center, you know, in training camp, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I know who I want to. I think Dw- it would be a different answer than who I think. Dwight starts. Jason Kidd has played when, when, when in doubt, he plays it safe. JaVale McGee was the safe pick last year. JaVel started. We thought like, or, or Jason Kidd definitely thought cause he, he brought him in, but to go back to Clint Capella, it all depends on a couple things. It depends on if Atlanta gives up enough for you know to get Pascal Siakam. If Toronto finally caves and says, "All right, we'll give up Pascal Siakam," and also Siakam has been there have been reports that he's not he's not going to resign anywhere else. So that matters a lot in this whole situation too. If he's pl- trying to play the same game Damian Lillard is playing. Where instead of Damian Lillard just wanting to go to Miami, Pascal Siakam only wants to stay in Toronto. Like he's doing this weird thing where I'm not going to resign anywhere except for Toronto. I just want to stay in the place that where I have the contract next year. That's a weird like reverse of what Lillard is doing. And so yeah. if, if they if the Hawks don't fall for that and and trade for him, then the Mavericks are, are in it. But if they're not, if if none of that happens, then the Mavericks don't get Clint Capella with just a Mavs Hawks trade. That just doesn't it doesn't seem like that makes sense at this point. I don't think they're going to trade the first round pick. Don't think they're going to trade Hardy or Josh Green or anybody like that. And so we're kind of just waiting on Atlanta and Toronto. And hey, that's this is why I think we've heard these these rumors of well, you know, the Mavericks are okay with walking in the next season with these centers, right? They, they can't seem super desperate at this point of negotiations either. The the only the only like if you're in the trade season or still hoping for trades and you're like man this is kind of boring now there's not many trades the the next like semi deadline that could spark a trade or two or whatever is whatever the rookie you know thing you know there's thirty Symposium? days since you sign you know well there's thirty days after you sign a rookie <laughs> that then they could be traded so yeah. you know like even if Portland really wanted Jaime Jaquez like they can't really make that a trade official until. And all of that, which, I mean, that's probably coming up pretty soon. It's pretty crazy to think about. But anyway, and then after that, it's basically just everybody goes on vacation until training camp. And last September, we had fireworks. So we'll see. Coming up, let's talk about this Boyan Bogdanovich trade that was reported. Should the Mavericks have done it? Were they good to move on from it? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You can go to Prize Picks right now, and they have all kinds of deals and things all the time. All you have to do is pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, then you win. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry, no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport you want to watch NBA, NFL, MLB, uh, NHL, PGA. College, college football, college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball. 
That's coming up. We're going to get some of that. Cricket and tons more. You can also get a 100% deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com. Download the app. Go to prizepicks.com. Use that promo code Locked On to get a 100% deposit match up to $100. I know just where that button is. You couldn't find it, could you? <laughs> no, I have to play the, I have to play the video in between to, to cut it up. Uh, thanks so much for hanging out with us on Lockdown Maps, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad, listening every day, being every dayer. Appreciate each and every one of you. Let's talk about Boyan Bogdanovich. The Athletic reported this framework of a trade, and frameworks are agreed to all the time in the NBA, right? Teams are always talking. They're trying to figure out what the value of some players are. And so there's some people that thought that this trade would go through. Some people didn't think this trade was going to go through. Who knows exactly what the Mavericks or the Pistons thought about this trade. But the framework of the deal was this. Boyan Bogdanovich and Killian Hayes coming to the Mavericks. Coos, Coos guy, Killian Hayes. Then Tim Hardaway Jr. and JaVale McGee going to the Maver- going to the uh, the Pistons. And I assume a couple of seconds going to the Pistons as well. But that wasn't in, in this. What are your thoughts? The, the trade basically fell through because the Pistons have been asking for a first-round pick for Boyan. The Mavericks weren't going to do it. Maybe the Mavericks had something else. Maybe it just fell through because the Pistons got bored. And they didn't. They didn't want to do that anymore. Didn't, and thought they could get better for Boyan. They've been trying to trade him ever since they got him. It seems like. What are your thoughts on this deal falling through? Uh, pretty interesting. Uh, just the fact that it doesn't solve anything. I mean, we're all assuming the next Mavericks trade um, goes for the big man, right? Or like, hey, the the piece of the salary spot of Tim. The reason why they're you know looking at trading that contract so they can swap that out for a big man. Um, it's kind of fascinating on Detroit's side because they're in this weird spot. They, you know, they have this super young team, as we know, killing Hayes is still just 21. He was in Josh Green's draft. So they're, they're walking into the same like situation with him as Dallas is with Josh Green. As far as like, they got to figure out, are we going to do an extension? What are we going to just, yeah. you know, qualifying offer for next year? Like all that different stuff. So I'm kind of confused on why Detroit would do it. You know, Bullion's 34, Tim's 31. So maybe swapping out that contract with a guy that's a little bit younger uh, on that. But then you're swapping out. Is the cost of swapping out JaVale and Killian Hayes two second-round picks? Um, I just don't see it. It's confusing for Detroit. But for Dallas's side, I think you're you're looking at, you know, at Tim's spot and saying, all right, we have, we have a, this shooting guard, for lack of better terms there. But we also have Seth Curry. We also have a Jaden Hardy. If we could swap him out for another six seven six eight guy who shoots forty percent from three, I think it was forty one forty two last year. Then you have now you have these this combination of these bigger wings of Boyan, Grant Williams, Omax. Like now you're kind of just upgrading the size. And you look at last year and like how they ended the season. Our our biggest wing defenders are Reggie Bullock and Josh Green at 6'4", 6'5", Reggie's 6'6". Um, to, to then shift that to Bojan, Grant Williams, Omax, it just gives you more size. And Bojan's a heck of a shooter, too. You can never have enough shooters around those guys. It kind of It's kind of the inverse of the Grant Williams, Reggie Bullock, right? It, and turning Tim Hardaway into a bigger, like a bigger, a, a bigger, shot creator it gives you a little bit more shot creation and it makes you it makes you bigger right so you're kind of you're kind of doing that but it makes you older <laughs> in some way because yeah. tim's already one of the oldest players on the team right now 
and Bogdanovich is 34. So instead, but you offset it by sw- swapping out Javel for 21 year old Killian Hayes. Yeah, he's 22. I, I don't know what to no. expect from from Killian Hayes, and he's he's a good defensive guard. He just had, his shot hasn't come around, and so that's what not he, at all. So I list, I actually watched Locked On Pistons, and Koo talked about this, and he said, well. He thinks that Killian Hayes and Dante Exum would fight for minutes, and I think that's probably right to try to figure out who of those guys can be better, uh, and and when whatever minutes are available for that guard spot, <laughs> yeah. wherever that guy plays, which I'm having a hard time figuring out if they do or not. With this trade, it's just one of those. If Tim wants out, if Tim wants you know to go somewhere else, and the Mavericks think that all right, we we have to just get a little bit, we have to get a little bit bigger, we have to add a little bit more shot creation, we have the shooting. With Hardy, with Curry, with Maxi, with you know Grant Williams, but we need a little bit more creation still, which I, I kind of still think that they do. It, you can always use more shot creation and, and stuff like that. You could also use vets more, and so I get the trade. I think the trade would be a fine one for the Mavs. Again, like you said at the beginning, it doesn't really solve anything for them, but it does. I think it would make them better overall. For the Pistons, the reason why it probably fell through is because I don't think this makes any sense for them at all, unless you just wanted to get younger. On the wing, um, Boyan Bogdanovich is a non-guaranteed for $19 million next year. Maybe they wanted that contract on the books next year with Tim. Um, I, it doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. Maybe they value those two seconds that the Mavericks can give them if it ended up being that. But it makes sense why this would fall through on Detroit's side. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like at least the second-round picks have to be in there. Um, for Dallas, yeah, you take the swing on Killian Hayes, but yeah, it's the shot creation being able to, being able to run the pick and roll and stuff with Bojan right. that would be appealing to Dallas. And I mean, we've already said it, but like he's a dang good shooter. So to have him out there, you know, right now we we're having fun with the you know Omax and stuff, but like let's say it's locked in that it's Luca, Kyrie, Grant Williams to like close a game, and you're looking at those other wing spots. It's like, all right, well, I want somebody that I know can knock down a shot. Would Boyan close a game over Omax or Josh, Josh. Green? Probably. For sure. Right? Like, so so that's a that's the type of thing. And then then we could really get fun with it and put Omax at the small ball five. It's Omax, Boyan, <laughs> Grant Williams in those two. Well, you could put Grant <sighs> Williams or Maxi at, at the small ball five, too. Yeah, like hook that lineup up to my veins but and then if they get pj washington thank you no. <laughs> hornet's, uh, anyway. hornet's still playing hardball with pj washington it hasn't, I don't even it hasn't know been made yet what's I don't, going on there. they've got they've got a press conference i guess on tuesday for with mitch Kupchak and with uh miles bridges to talk about his future with the hornets so i i don't know what's oh. gonna i don't know what's gonna come out of that but yeah, so so this trade didn't go through. Makes sense that it didn't go through. I think it would have made the Mavericks better. But, hey, you, you still have Tim. We're going to do a pod later in the offseason, and I'm pretty sure that we're going to have who's the third best player in the Mavericks. And I think Tim's going to have a good case to still be the third best player on, on the Mavericks at this point. Just uh, make sure you wait for my Omax jersey to come in. Omax. <laughs> yeah, so... So we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, other news: We had a rumor next time from Michael Scotto of Hoops Hype that the Mavericks have also expressed exploratory interest, which I guess is not full interest; it's exploratory. That's like when you check somebody out. You didn't ask for their number. You didn't like go ask them anything mm-hmm. about themselves, but you kind of just like gave them a, a look up and down. 
Several free agent forwards, including Kelly Oubre Jr. and Derek Jones Jr., only interested in second generations, not interested in any singular name players. No. What are your thoughts on – let's start with Kelly Oubre Jr. Uh, yeah, I mean, a, a wing version of Christian Wood. Um, in what way? I, I've said that text to a dozen of our subtexters. Uh, when they asked about Kelly Oubre, I said he's he's wing Christian Wood. In what way is he wing Christian? We're, I, we're still getting we're still getting texts and DMs about Christian Wood coming back. I'm like, guys, I don't know what to tell you anymore. We well, get comments on uh, it every day too. Yeah, so no, I mean, he just I would be kind of surprised, but kind of not. I don't. I'm more surprised if he if he did sign in Dallas, just because it feels like they've had a a, a type. They want to get better defensively. They want to get tougher. They want rebounding. They want defenders. They want all this stuff. And it's like, all right, well, Ubre's not any of that. So he's more athletic. He would make them more athletic. Yes, more athletic, and he can he can shoot. Kind of. He's real streaky. Like he's, he's somehow <laughs> even more streaky than Tim. Yeah. So I I don't know. I mean, him, Derek Jones Jr. If they're playing a ton of minutes for you, then you probably have bigger problems. But. Here's my problem with both of them. First of all, the Ubre one is he doesn't play any defense, and so and he's real streaky. And so, what are you going to get in that spot? He's probably going to be trying to gun for another contract. It's it's again, it's the Christian Wood thing again. That's why that's why it's the Christian Wood thing again. I think he comes with less outside drama than, than Christian Wood. You did. think his agent would? No. <laughs> we have not gotten any texts from his agent. Um, but with both of these guys, with Derrick Jones Jr. and with Ubre. You're just taking away minutes from Omax, and like we, we both love it. We we both have campsites, uh, maybe maybe full houses built at this point on Omax Island. Bro, so, I got a freaking condo. Like I, I'm rolling. <laughs> yeah, I'm making some cash right now. And so yeah, it, it would be a depth piece. Derek Jones Jr. makes a little bit more sense to me than Ubre, but yeah, yeah, if you want some depth, but then also, I mean. Can A.J. Lawson bring what Derrick Jones Jr. is going to bring? See, that that's my point. It's like I kind of liked what I've seen. I mean, we're about to talk about probably in Summer League, yeah. but I kind of liked what I've seen from him. Would you rather have Theo Pinson? <laughs> don't, 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 not, not now. Not now. Not, not our boy. Not uh, more, not more than a hype man. Not now. Come on. I love We'll Theo. always have the Rudy Gobert story. Oh, yeah, oh, and, and the Theo Pinson rule that was started when he was on the Mavericks. Uh, like Isaac said, coming up, let's give our final Summer League thoughts from uh, some of the things that I saw in Summer League. I'll go through all the players that are notable from the Mavericks, including Omax, including A.J. Lawson, including Derek Lively, Jaden Hardy, Jelly Walker, and more. We'll talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac Harris. We talked about all the Mavericks rumors that are happening right now. Let's get into some summer league thoughts. You got to share yours, your winners and losers from yesterday. If you want to listen to that show, hear Isaac's thoughts on some winners and losers. Thought it was some great stuff. Uh, the loser, one of the lo- one of your losers should have been uh, Sam Mitchell. Just did not have a great day on the mic. For the, I, I for muted the Mav, it for the Mavs summer league. I, it was just he was going after Luca and Kyrie in any way he can. And hey, I get it. If you don't believe in Luca and Kyrie together, that's fine. But it just felt like he kept bringing it back up over and over again. Uh, I just did not. He tried to steal Jaden Hardy's chain. He, <laughs> it was just a weird old thing that happened with him. Uh, he had very, a successful coaching career. And uh, Nico Harrison still knows his shoe size. I remember that from, I think it was the first summer league game that, that Nico Harrison was ever uh, GM for the Mavericks. Let me give some summer league thoughts. 
I think the standout. Olivier Maxence Prosper. He just stood out. He is all of 6'8", maybe a little bit bigger than that. His wingspan looks all of the 7'2", or whatever. You can just see the dimensions, that he is the same dimensions as an OG Ananobi, as a uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, as a you know some of these uh, Herb Jones, as some of these guys that we've seen in the past. That just He just looks the part when he's out there. He's going to force Jason Kidd's hand early. Just the things that he does. We already know Rafael Barlow called him the most mature player in the draft. Every interaction I had with him confirmed that. He's just such a mature player, wants to prove things. But then he's such a mature player, and yet in Summer League, he attacked the basket with ferocity and with like a recklessness at times. That last game against Atlanta, he had three or four possessions in a row where he's just going at the rim. And I was like, hey, this is Summer League. Go try that stuff. Go try running at the rim and try and finish. He whacked Kobe Bufkin like right in the the chops with one of those. Uh, He tried a Euro step at the basket. But that that really stood out to me in my Summer League preview. I said, how much are we going to see him attack off the dribble? And we just saw it so much more than I thought we were going to. Yeah, I mean, I I thought he drank like three Red Bulls before that last game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, he was a little chaotic in that game, well, but it was yeah. almost like Jared Dudley said to him, "Hey, you know this is your last time to play five on five, like real five on five, until like September." He's like, it is. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was super impressed from the Jarris Walker game. You know, yeah. he taking Jarris Walker off the dribble three times and won that last time. You know, one of those was you know off the dribble, left handed, lefty finish. Um, he just looked a little bit more mature out there than what I thought. And I, you know, I said before summer league, I'm like, Hey, he's, he's not going to put up all the stats and stuff. He's just going to do some of the dirty work and hustle here and there. And he had, he had way more of an offensive game than I, than I imagined. So I agree. I, I think it's the, we got to chill. We got it. We got to chill with the little Kawhi stuff and, but he's better than Dorian. So what's the in between at the I'm, same, I'm, at the same point in their career. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm entertaining the OG Pascal Siakam lane for him. That's the mold that he's in. So he looked better than we expected. That's a, that's a positive thing in summer league. If he looked like he, if he couldn't play out there as a rookie, you kind of just, it's a wash. If you're a second year player and you don't look like you can play, that's bad in summer league. And so we'll see what happens. We've seen guys like Anthony Randolph looked incredible in summer league. I think he was like the summer league MVP and then couldn't play in the NBA. We've seen other guys look really good in summer league and not be able to play, but Omax looks the part. He played the part. His three-point shooting wasn't great, but you can kind of throw out summer league shooting. But what I was impressed by is his three-point shot looked a little bit more fluid than what I saw in practice when I just got to watch him like one-on-zero before he was allowed to actually practice. Everything I saw in person before the actual games, his three-point shot didn't look as fluid, didn't look as quick. He got it up there. He took he took 17. He only made four of them, but it, it looked really fluid, and he was taking them confidently. And that's all you want. He's going to get more wide open. He's going to get better shots. He's going to get all that when he plays for the actual Mavericks. I'm not worried about that. I, mean, I was actually kind of uh, encouraged by what I saw from his three-point shot. Yeah, me too. Derek Lively the second. Yo, you see Apple Jets? My favorite new drop. They asked They asked all the <laughs> – Mav Social asked all the guys – which cartoon character do you, do you relate to the most? Miles Burns said the greatest answer of Avatar The Last Airbender, although that is not a character, He but he did name that. Uh, Jelly Walker said, I'm Spider-Man. No, wait, I'm Superman. No, wait, I'm the Hulk. And he walked off. That was a great one. And then Derek Lively came up and said, Yo, you seen Apple Jacks? You've seen Apple Jacks <laughs> with the cinnamon stick, the Jamaican cinnamon stick. 
which is amazing. I'm going to use that drop so much. To me, Derek Lively, he's he stood out too. He stood tall. He's he's huge. His wingspan, the way he moves his feet, I think really stood out to me. He gets a little bit stuck under the rim. I think some of that's indecision. I think some of that is trying to know where he's supposed to be and all that. That's rookie stuff. I'm not worried about any of that. He's going to look so much better with guards that can hit him on a pick and roll. You saw it in this last game against Atlanta with him and Miles and uh, Mike Miles. They started to get some of this, but they did it more like a side pick and roll action than a north-south pick. Luca and him are going to run a north-south pick and roll, and he's going to be able to, to catch everything. The Mavericks between Dwight Powell, Rashawn Holmes, and Derek Lively have three like really good pick and roll bigs, and that's exactly what the, what they need. There's no more of this. All right, we've got you know Porzingis that kind of does that but doesn't, and we've got. And Christian Wood that kind of does that, but wants to pop, you know, like none of that anymore. It's just, we got three guys that can just go straight to the basket. And I think he's going to look a ton better with guards that can actually hit him as, as opposed to some of these summer league guys that were kind of, they were kind of settling into that. It wasn't a huge part of their game, but uh, they were set, trying to settle into that. And they never really got there. Did you know that he's working with Tyson Chandler? His little hook shot when he got the, he got the rebound and had the little lefty, like the hook over his left shoulder. That was a, a move that he worked on with Tyson Chandler. Yeah, I love I love the little over the left shoulder hook, but yeah, I didn't know if you knew that he was working out with Tyson. <laughs> to be honest, that's the only thing I know about him. I, I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> what do you think fun- of Hard- Hardy's summer league? It's funny watching these summer like f- so. There's five summer league games. I think they were called by five different announcers and they all share yeah. the same stuff right like because they all they all only have the same jared thing. dudley acc player of the year <laughs> no, Boston you're, College. You're <laughs> this is what we're leading with another <laughs> winner was us for getting to listen to jared dudley call on like on the broadcast and hear all yeah. his coaching stuff i love that because the stuff with jason kidd in the playoffs like that stay home don't stay home don't. Like that clip is just gonna live in my head rent for I, I want i want just to hear that the whole time that's what i want to hear on the broadcast uh, other things from Derek, we, I've, I've got a whole other thoughts on stuff, but other stuff from Derek Lively with his screen setting. I know we've talked a lot about his screen setting and you know, he's got to learn how to set a screen still true, but it's also a guard thing too. The guards also have to know when he's set to be able to go. We've seen this a lot where, you know, Christian Wood and Luca weren't on the same page. And so he goes and he's not ready. We've seen it with Maxi too. You know, we've seen it with, with Dwight Powell too. If, if the guard doesn't let him get set, then he's going to set, you know, he's going to, going to foul on those screens so it has to be with the rhythm of the guard the other thing about lively they did not look his way once for a three-point shot like at all they didn't look he took way. like two and i don't think he hit the rim at all i yeah well one of them was just like a i was there for i was there for one of them it was in the second game and he just took it because he was the only player there with one second left on yeah, the shot the clock corner, yeah. and then yeah so uh also his but but nick he hit 14 in a row at his Multiple, multiple. I mean, it's it's one of those things where are we going to do the thing with him with Dwight Powell? He can hit him in practice. Can he hit him in a, in a real game? We'll see. Know. We'll see what happens. I'm interested to see if they try that if he plays for the Legends. His passing out of the short roll is going to be good too. I think that's something that we didn't see very much. We're going to see more of. Hardy, he got to experience get some experience as the main ball handler. I think I think that's not his role. <laughs> like, we saw him get get to his shot. He obviously had the the shoulder issue that was that he was dealing with the last couple of games. That probably accounted for some of his shooting deficiencies and things like that. But he's going to look much better. Again, he's going to look much better with more wide-open shots. We know he can play next to Luka and Kyrie. Not worried about him. He didn't jump out to me. He was good in his minutes. He didn't jump out to me as, oh, he's dominating Summer League. 
at this point. But he had some really he had some really really good moments. Yeah, I felt the same way. He had good good moments. Efficiency really wasn't there, but yeah. Mike Miles, he signed he signed the two way, so we're gonna see a lot of him this year. He really started to show some growth with Derek Lively in the pick and roll in that last game against Atlanta. So I'm curious to see how that goes for him. His one thing he wanted to prove when I asked him before summer league was he wanted to prove that he was a shooter and he can get hot. And if he does get hot, then I mean, he's a, he's a great microwave scorer. I'm just curious to see how he plays, where he plays. If he's the, you know, the, the emergency call up like McKinley Wright was last year. I'm interested to see mm. if, if that's the case. Uh, AJ Lawson. We talked about him a little bit. He played pretty good for a summer league wing. His role, like the role that he plays, you just don't, you don't stand out in summer league. (laughs) This is the, you know, what Jabari Smith looked like last year in in summer league, right? You just, you just don't stand out if you're a really good complimentary piece because everybody's looking to get their own. They're not looking to, you know, make the complimentary guys look better, but I thought he looked pretty good. Looked better than most players out there when he was, which is a good thing you want to see from a second, third year guy. Jelly Walker. This guy's a killer, man. (laughs) He goes, he goes, he goes out there. He is, he is five eleven. uh, he may be shorter than that. He is JJ Barreza. I can see the top. I'm six three. I can see the top of his head when I'm st- when I'm standing next to him at summer league. Um, he's he's signed a one year deal with the Mavs right after the drafts. You know from Chris Hayes. So we're gonna see him in camp for sure. We'll probably see him on the Texas Legends. I'm really curious to see how he looks on the Legends. I just I have a hard time seeing a five eleven guy make it in the NBA. Count me as one of the the doubters, and I'd love to be proved wrong in that, but. Like six six one six two guard. I'm I'm thinking about Mike Miles' size. He's six two. I'm thinking about his size as a problem in the NBA. Those you guards, just, uh, yeah, call me that. I'm those guards. He reminds just, me of like uh, Pierre Jackson. Back Poppy in the, God, yeah, Poppy yeah. God. Uh, yeah, th- those guards just don't make it in the NBA anymore unless you're. I mean, even Jalen Brunson and and Fred VanVleet, they're bigger than five eleven. So I'm. I'm well, you really look at a guy like Alvarado. Like you got to be really good defensively. Right. You got to be you know, pesky and which Mike yeah. uh, jelly Walker stout. He's got that, like, like that strength. He's, he's really like, you know, buff, I guess. <laughs> so he, he's got, he's got that strength <laughs> that he can stay with guys as jelly buff. That's what we're looking for. Last one. Taze Moore. This guy, that guy's so springy, man. Like you see him jump in person. It, just, it looks he, his second jump too. the way that he just gets up to uh, like the basketball before anyone else does. He did some really, really good things. He's also 25. He's six years older than Derek Lively and some of the rookies out there. So he's been playing basketball a lot longer. He played a lot for the Legends last year already, and we have, hadn't noticed, you know, like until this summer league. So I don't know. I don't know what he is because he's six five. He does a lot of different things. He shot the ball pretty well from three for the Legends last year. He's kind of like a springy Bruce Brown that doesn't handle the ball as much. It's like what what could his what could his mm. role be? But. Uh, Grant Asso said that he you know, uh, signed an Exhibit 10 with the Mavericks. We'll see if that uh, if, he, if he comes into camp and what happens after that. But So we'll see with him. He was, he was intriguing, though. Did some really, really good things in Summer League. All yeah. right. Those are all my thoughts. Guys, tomorrow we'll be back. More rumors, more thoughts, more Mavs. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.